đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you and welcome to the episode of team calmar radio today and like i said last time like i said last time our new radio our radio show is going to be back on around august or september so you guys can keep an eye on it anyway we're going to get straight into your news for today first off i'm going to check and see that's what i'm talking about to make sure that i have the one i'm actually expecting yet well good so let's get started guys so destroy syrian town used as a set for for Japanese for Jackie Chan's produced action movie Chinese Ambassadors Visits. A ghost town since a 2018 op- operation to flesh out jihadists, the Haja Aswad, near the near the Syrian capital has came back to life as locations of Jackie Chan's produced action movies. Home operations inspired by China's 2015 evacuation of Chinese and other foreign citizens from the war in Yemen. An operation that was seen as a landmark for Beijing. Yemen was deemed too dangerous a venue to shoot, and some scenes of the film, which is also backed by a Marathi, Marathi production company, are being shot in Syria, although the script only mentioned a fictional country called Pol- called Poman. The ruins of the ruins of Hajar al Aswad on Thursday filled with filled with a motley crew of actors in Yemeni tribal attire, Syrian extras in uniforms and polo-wearing Chinese film crew members. Jackie Chan is the main producer, or there's no plans for him to visit Syria, like he expects. The film pitches itself as a blockbuster that glorifies the role of the Chinese authorities in the heroic evacuation. Quote-unquote. Speaking to reports as his crew installed their equipments and tanks and hastily altered livery moved to, into position, director Ying Shi Song confirmed the film's propaganda credential. It takes the perspective of diplomats who are Communist Party members who braved a hail of bullets in a war-torn country and safely brought all Chinese compatriots onto the country's warship unscathed, he said. The, Chi- the ambassador of China, one of the first countries to maintain good re- diplomatic relations with the regime of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad, was present to launch the S- Syria shoot, which is expected to last several days. A red banner in three languages was unhurled, was unfurled for the small ceremony, and an urn that reads "Peace and Love" was propped up onto the tank. Hajar al-Aswan which means Black Rock in Arabic, was once a densely populated Damascus suburb that lies next to the Palestinian, Palestinian refugee camp of, of Yarmouk. Both areas became major hotspots in, in the Syrian com- civil conflict that erupted in 2021 and were at least partially controlled by one point by Islamic State group. The reconquest of both neighborhoods and Syrian pro-government forces in May 2018 
marked this moment, the regime brought the entire capital of Damascus back under its control. The slaves of Hajar of Hajar al Aswad were completely were completely leveled. However, turning the neighborhood into a sinister sprawl of gray gutted buildings. A few residents have returned to the least damaged part of Haja al Aswad, leaving the rest completely uninhabited. The war ravaged areas in Syria have turned into a movie studio. These areas attracted film producers, said director Rawat Shahin, who was part of the Home Operations Syria crew. Building studios similar to these areas is very expensive, so these areas are considered as low cost studios, he said. The production team says it's planned to use several other locations to film in Syria, where the production from Iran and Russia, both allies of Syria, have also sh- have also been shot in this area, of course. Syria is targeted by a raft of international sanctions and is also littered with unexploded ordnance, which last year made it, made, it, made it the world's most lethal country for landmines kills. Chinese Navy vessels carrying out an anti-piracy patrol were diverted to Yemen in 2015, to evacuate what officials at the time said that were hundreds of people from 10 different countries stranded by the escalating conflict. The successful operations was touted by Beijing at the time as a proud moment for its navy, evidence of its humanitarian principles and of its growing, of its growing global reach. I mean, we see a situation in Vietnam when protests happen and then they're trying to leave. You expect me to believe in this kind of thing? Nah, I don't believe what the communist government had. To, I don't in, until they they prove it. I'm not believing a thing what they do. Like we talked about the protesters last time, China Bank vowed to repay more customers after protests. Chinese regulators have promised to repay more victims of one of the country's biggest ever banking scandals after hundreds of thousands of customers were left without access to funds, triggering rare mass protests. China's rural banking sector has been hit hard by Beijing's effort to rein in the property bubble and spiraling debt, and a financial crackdown that rat- that rattled the second large the world's second largest economy. Four banks in Henan province froze cash withdrawals in mid-April as regulators scrutinized alleged mismanagement, leaving billions of yuan and savings locked up and sparking sporadic demonstrations. Authorities later named those firms and and other rural banks in nearby Anhui province as involved in a scheme to defraud investors and promised victims would start to get their money back. Hanan New, New Fortune Group manipulated five village banks in Hanan and Anhui to illegally absorb and occupy public funds and cover up illegal activities. An unnamed child. China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission represents told State Media Sunday, citing three months initial police investigations. The next stage will be will be the, to begin advanced payment work for customers with over fifty thousand yuan deposit. The Hanan banking scandal had dealt an unprecedented blow to public confidence in China's financial system, owing to the size and scale of fraud of the fraud analysis said. With the banking involved allegedly operating illegally for more than a decade, Chinese authorities are desperate to avoid disruption to social stability just months away from a major congress of the ruling Communist Party. Hopefully, we they, hopefully Hong Kong Free Press can report on that, and we'll, we will talk about that. In July 10th, mass demonstration in Henan prov- 
provincial cap capital Zhengzhou was violently quashed with demonstrators forced into buses by police and beaten according to eyewitness accounts given to AFP and verified photos on social media. Shortly after, Hunan provincial banking regulators said customers with deposits of less than, less than 50,000 yuan, which is about $7,500 in the U.S., would be repaid starting Friday. But in a WeChat, but, but in one WeChat group containing hundreds of depositors, only a handful reportedly successful receiving their funds back, according to a message seen by AFP. A few customers report were receiving their deposit Friday. While others complained that the designated m- mobile app had bugs and would not let them register, according to local media, the funds have being repaid came came from some of the seized assets of the Hunan New Fortune Group. The company accused of pol- police accused by police of manipulating the banks, state broadcaster CCTV for last week. Regulators have said depositors will be paid in batches but did not announce a specific time frame for the repayment of, of accounts with more than 50,000 yuan in funds. Isn't that great? Isn't that the most, isn't that, isn't that probably one of the most awesome things we can ever think about? It's probably one of the best things we can ever see that the Chinese government's been doing. Yes, quite, yes, people say, oh, protests in China, People are doing it peacefully, and people are resolved peacefully. Actually, it's a hundred thousands of protests, so I don't think it's peacefulness. This shows that the banking system that the people used to trust are now being. Oh, these people are now showing that we don't trust them anymore. It's almost the point where they don't even trust them anymore. Yes, you may think it's but it's not trustworthy. We're gonna go back to Hong Kong now. Sedition is like treason, persecutor tells Hong Kong court at speech therapist trial over books about sheep. Sedition is a very serious offense that is like treason, a Hong Kong persecutor had told a local court in her closing argument at a trial against five speech therapists who allegedly spread separatism by publishing storybooks about sheep and wolves. Isn't that a normal thing though? I don't know why. I don't know why they, they just stopped doing that. Speech therapists um, Lori Lai, Melody Young, Sydney Ng, Samuel Chan, and Fong Fon Ti Ho returned to the, the district court on Monday, almost two weeks after they pled not guilty to conspiring to print, publish, distribute, and display three books between June 2020 and July 2021 with serious, with seditious intentions. The children's publications allegedly allu- alluded to the 2019 anti extradition bill unrest, the detention of 12 Hong Kong fugitives by the Chinese authorities, and a strike staged by Hong Kong medics at the start of the COVID-19 outbreak. The defendants, who were executive committee members of the General Union of Hong Kong, of Hong Kong Speech Therapists, were said to have indoctrinated, quote-unquote, indoctrinated readers with separatism, inside anti-Chinese sentiment, degraded, degraded law, degraded lawful, lawful and persecution and intensified Hong Kong-China's conflicts. On Monday, the court spent more than four hours hearing the closing arguments from, from lead persecutor Laura Ng, who cited numerous overseas cases and defined the nature and purpose of the sedition offense, which is covered by in the Colonial Area Crime Ordinance. 
Referencing a case from the UK that dated back more than a century, the persecutor said that sedition was a crime against society. When it aimed to disturb the tranquility of the state, it would lead people to subvert the government, she said, as well as, as incite people to, to an insurrection, a rebellion, or even a civil war. A book's about wolf. Come on, a book about wolf, about wolves and sheep. It's kind of a it's kind of a naive kind of thing, isn't it? Sedition is a very serious offense, like treason. Told District Judge Guo King. the government has has to extinguish it at the earliest moment. The persecution also laid out a detailed timeline showing how Hong Kong sedition law took shape. And evolved over the over the years. She made references to a decision handed down by China's top legislature on on May 2008-2020, around a month before the national security law came into force, which confirmed that Beijing would improve Hong Kong's legal system and enforcement mechanism to safeguard so-called national security. The National People's Congress described Hong Kong as facing increasing notable national security risks with anti-Chinese forces seeking to disrupt the city since the onset of the 2019 protests. The NPC mentioned Article 23 of the Basic Law, which showed Beijing's, which showed Beijing saw the need to apply the sedition law that was latent for years. It is obvious that the National People's Congress had the sedition offenses in mind. It could safeguard national security, but it was long laid dormant, said. Article 23 of the Basic Law stimulates that the Hong Kong government shall enact laws on its own to prohibit any acts of treason, secession, sedition, subversion against the central government. Its legislation failed in 2003 following mass protests. The government has already had enough votes to pass the law, but it had never been raised since 2003 debacle. The pro-democracy advocates fear it would have a negative effect on civil liberties. While mm, submitted several authoritative cases from the other jurisdiction, the prosecutor told Judge Kwok that he should not accept overseas material presented by the defense too readily. She said the court should take into account the legislative history behind foreign laws criminalizing sedition. Rewarding such and legislation and whether those countries and regions saw any Imminent risk of society being ripped apart and country being split and the country being split. Okay, is Hong Kong a country or say? They kept saying country. Really. The the persecution also argued that restrictions on the rights <coughs> on the rights to freedom of expression through through the outlawing of sedition was supported by a legitimate aim of per, of protecting national security and public order, which encompasses the the city's constitutional order the rule law and the judiciary. She said the restriction were connected to the legitimate aim while the legislation already excluded public Chris political criticism and thus should be considered a reasonable balance. We have to stress that the sedition law is not it's not just to protect the central authorities, but to protect constitutional order and Hong Kong's prosperity instead. It's entirely proportionate. And I add that Sedition cases in Hong Kong were likely to be sensitive and would attract and would attract media interest. The public watchful eye would serve as scrutiny to ensure the court was prudent and cautious in their handling of the sedition cases. Sedition is not 
of course, the defense will make their closing statement on Wednesday. It's like they're trying to del- they're trying to water it down and try to become this whatever delta, whatever the heck it's called, which is extremely ridiculous and but backwards, of course. <laughs> Hong Kong leader John Lee said he in jur- says he and journalists are in the same boat. Hopes they will join him in promoting positive narrative of the same. Hong Kong leader John Lee said journalists are in the same boat as him, and that he hopes that the new sector will join him in promoting the success of one country, two system to the world. I don't think people will buy it. Speaking via a video call on a Hanover anniversary celebration event organized by a by the pro-Beijing Hong Kong Federation of Journalists on on Saturday, Lee said journalists now shouldered an important responsibility as Hong Kong is currently at its key moments of transition, of transition from, from stability to prosperity. According to the former police officer, journalists must see themselves as professionals and value journalism, journalism ethics. I hope the new sector will join me in presenting the narrative of Hong Kong, he said. <laughs> if we're not allowed to publish something about, about protests and stuff, then you're not a journalist. You have to cover everything, not one thing. We have to publicize the successful experience of one country, two system to the world, and publicize Hong Kong's extraordinary achievements under its unique branches. We need to use all possible means, from newspapers, TV, and radio to the, to the internet, new, news media, new media and, and social media to promote the comparativeness of Hong Kong from all directions, he added. At the end of the speech, Lee said, Lee said he and his journalists are, are in the same family and in the same boat. Lee was the if you guys don't know much about him, Lee was the city Lee was the city's security chief when Beijing imposed a sweeping national security legislation on Hong Kong two years ago. Since the onset of the law, two newsrooms have been raided and consequently shut down after their top ed- editors were arrested over national security or sedition charges. In a run of the leadership race and in which he went uncontested. Great job, horseman. Lee, ha- Lee has said press freedom already existed at home in the city, and there was no need to ask him to defend it. We sh- he should hope he defended it because if he wants to keep Hong Kong protected. <laughs> Lee's administration had pledged to regulate fake news, crowdfunding, and as-, as well as push forward the legislative work of Article 23. Hong Kong's local security, not security law that has been at the center of the city's political debates for two decades. Most recently, multiple media out- organizations, international and local, Hong Kong Press included, were barred from attending the city's 25th Hanover anniversary celebration. Hong Kong Press was later told by authorities that disclosing media invite lists would harm or prejudice, uh, pre- uh, prejudice Hong Kong's security. <laughs> he also spoke at an opening ceremony of the Patriot Education Center found founded by pro-Beijing group Hong Kong Federation Education Workers um, on Saturday. Lee says some people have colluded with foreign forces, misguided young people's views toward the nation, and stigmatized national education in the past. But now the government will permit patriotic education with full effort to righteously correct young people's wrong values yet. According to Lee, the Education Bureau will support school on planning and imposing national education, Systematically, so that students can correctly understand the city's understand the country's history, experience Chinese culture and values, respect the symbol of the nation, recognize the importance of the constitution, basic law, and national security law, and nurture their national identities. 
Aren't you Hong Kongers? I don't get it. I feel like you're turning it into a mainland government area. Or turning it into a mainland city. <laughs> Hong Kong orders first person convicted under the security law to pay about $1.38 million for failed legal bid. The first person ever, the first person found guilty under the Beijing's imposed national security law has been ordered to pay over $1.38 million in court fees for his failed legal bid, including one launch against the decision to try to free him, to try him without a jury. Tong Yinki was sentenced to nine years of prison last July after he was found guilty of inciting of incitement to secessions and terrorism activities. Before the trial began, he filed and lost two legal bids. The Department of Justice wrote to Tong and his lawyers of March and and May detailing the the relevant proceeding fees, Ming Power Report on Monday. First bid was an application for a right of PBA corpus, a legal process implying that one detention was unlawful, submitted in August 2020, after his bail was denied. The court the High Court turned down the application in order Tong to pay the proceeding costs. The second bid involved involved Tong's challenge of the Department of Justice's decision to try him in front of a panel of three hand-picked national security judges instead of a jury. The High Court rejected Tong's application for judicial review of the decision in a May ruling last year and dismissed his subsequent, his subs, uh, subsequent appeal. The court did not order Tong to cover the proceeding costs of the second challenges uh, as the national security law was still new to Hong Kong and there is still strong public interest element. However, the court held Tong liable for the cause of the appeal as the judge ruled that he has chosen to pursue a plainly unarguable appeal after losing on a substantially the same ground. Judicial reviews are considered by the court first instance and examine the decision-making process of the administrative body. Issue under review must be shown to affect the wider public interest. The exact amount of the proceeding Fees was not previously known. These were beside a store saying Tong had not made the payments. How's he gonna make the payments when when he's almost close to be dead, man? Tong then twenty three was arrested over dri- driving a motorcycle with a flag reading "Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Times," a popular slogan among protesters in twenty nineteen. Into three police officers on July first, John twenty, the day after national security was enacted. The slogan was banned by the government. A day after Tong's arrest for carrying coronation of pro-independence, secession, and subversion, the High Court later ruled that the phrase was capable of inciting others to commit secession. According to letters issued by the Department of Justice acquired by Ming Pao, Tong was ordered to pay over $736,000 for the jury trial appealed before March 14th in a, le- in a letter sent in May. It was further demanded that Tong pay around $647,000 to cover his rights of, of habeas, habeas corpus application. In a reply to Ming Pao written in, from prison, Tong felt he felt helpless over the large sums of court fees owed. If I go bankrupt, I don't know what I can do in the future, he wrote. <laughs> he said he, will f- he filed the judicial review application because he thought it might be unfair to him or our future national security defendants to pay trial without, without a jury, and he did not think he would, and he did not think he would lose the bid. This is this feels like it's just gonna sweep. It's just they're trying to sweep under the rug so people cannot have the rights to say anything otherwise. That's why it feels like I feel like it's starting to get even worse 
and worse by the second. So I'm hope. So I feel like Hong Kong is starting to become more of a mainland government now, even though it is already. And one final news for today, as the title says, Hong Kong pro-democracy activist says group was forced to delete online post allegedly violating security law. One of the one of Hong Kong's last remaining pro-democracy groups, the League of Social Democrats, said forced to delete online posts that were allegedly violating the na- violating the Beijing's imposed national security law. Chan Po Ying, chairperson of the of the LSD, said in a statement published on the group's Facebook page on Sunday that she didn't she could not elaborate. <laughs> Under great pressure, the LSD was forced to delete online posts that were allegedly violated national security law, the statement read, and that details cannot be disclosed. LSD will continue will continue to speak up. Speech is not a crime. Long live democracy. The police told Hong Kong Press on Monday that it would not comment on individual cases. Any action taken by the police by the police will be dealt with in accordance with the law, dependent on the actual situation the response read. LSD statement came weeks after the after the home of some members of pro democracy groups including Chan, Avery Ng, Raphael Wong were searched ahead of the twenty fifth anniversary of the Hong Kong handover back to China. Some LSD volunteers were also summoned for a meeting by the National Security Police ahead of July first. Chan told Hong Kong Free Press in an interview before the anniversary that the group did not did not not want there to be only one narrative in society, singing praise and papering over the cracks. Following the national, of course, if you expect it, following the amputation of the national security law, major majority of the city's pro democracy figures either faced persecution, left Hong Kong in exile, or bowed. Out of the political scene. Several LSD members were persecuted and imprisoned over the protest related charges. Former lawmaker Long Hair Long Guat Home and also Jimmy Sham and Figo Chan was one of well Long Guat Home and Jimmy Sham was one of the forty seven Democrats charged under the national security law for after taking part in an unofficial primary election for the then postponed legislative council election. Those people those some of the defendants in the case have been reprimanded in custody for over a year since they were brought, brought to court in March 2021. Those LSD members are Figo Chan, Lahan Lung Home, and Jimmy Sham. They've been in there for almost half a almost a year already. I feel like they're not trying to they're not gonna release them anytime soon anyway. They might as well just say, well, we're not gonna release them because why not? We're not gonna tell you. It's just so vague they won't even tell you. Thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys are here enjoy this podcast, make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for our podcasts. And guess what, guys? One our hundred, one our hundred episode. Isn't that great? One our hundred episode, and I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Like we said, like I said in the beginning, we will have our rate. We'll back on. We'll have our radio show back again around August and September. But stay tuned for that update. Thank you for tuning in, guys. And we'll talk more on we'll talk more on Friday. This is Team. Um, oh, by the way, before before I can say say goodbye, if you guys are doing an orientation on Friday, make sure to join in as well. So hopefully you guys can have fun there as well, and you guys get a lot of cool stuff too. I don't know what cool stuff are, but a cool stuff are. But we'll see what it is. So thank you for tuning in, guys, and we'll talk more next time. This is Team Cal, my radio, signing out. Yeah.
đạp đầy sông núi anh em ta đạp đầy sông núi quyết bảo vệ sáng sáng ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you